It's time for Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS Champaign-Urbana, where we talk all things Illini along with other area and national sports. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are your hosts, Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly. Good morning, sports fans, and welcome to the show. We're with you until 11 o'clock this morning. Mr. Tate is bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. We've got sunshine out here on a Saturday morning. Big Ten basketball tournament continues without the Illini. The high school state championships continue at the State Farm Center. We're going to talk about those two tournaments and whatever else might be on your mind this morning. Open line right out of the gate. And then at 9.15, News Gazette Sports Editor Matt Daniels will join us to talk about the state tournament. We'll talk uh, about the Big Ten tournament with Sean Harrington and Jess Settles later this hour. And then in hour number two, Will Leach and David Jones will join us. Mr. Tate, how you doing? Okay? Doing well. Doing well. Yeah, had a good trip up there and a bad game. <laughs> a good quick trip, right? Up and back. And, uh, and well, back, you, you yeah. stayed overnight, didn't you? So I did. You got a little rest anyway, but uh, didn't go the way that uh, the Illini fans thought. And Illinois is kind of stumbling down the stretch here. Well, yeah, they just—they're just in a real. I'm just trying to find one guy who you could say is at least warm in shooting, and every there's just nobody shooting well. They're just. We've been in a, in a pretty long slump that way uh, this season, and well, we're the worst uh, three-point shooting team in the Big Ten, 14 out of 14. And yeah, we continue to, to to shoot the most of them, right? Yeah, well, yeah, we're shooting about 42 percent of our shots. When you're when you're shooting 42 percent of your shots, I've said this before, and you're and you're missing them, <laughs> it, it it just kills you. I, I saw a thing this morning that. And that evaluated, and and I don't know how accurate this is. The quality shots for Penn State and the quality shots for Illinois. Illinois had more quality shots, but Penn State made more quality baskets. <laughs> what do you think about this uh, Illinois team as it heads to the NCAA tournament? Feel free to jump in and join us anytime. Two one seven three five six nine three nine seven. They'll find out tomorrow, late afternoon, early evening, uh, where they will be going and who they'll be playing next week. Yeah, I saw one projected bracket that's got us an eight and playing a nine. And then, of course, if you win, we happen to be in the same category with Houston. Have we ever played Houston before? <laughs> tried to. <laughs> <laughs> we tried to play them last year and uh, got knocked out. And, and there, you know, this is all guesswork at this point. No, nobody knows who we'll play. But we do know this, Steve. Whoever we play in the second round, if we get there, will be one of the top teams in the country. So the Big Ten uh, tournament continues today with uh, semifinals in that first game. It'll be uh, Purdue against Ohio State, number 13 seed, doing what uh, no other 13 seed they has ever done. out there yesterday without Sensabaugh and played like, yeah. you know, Gale played like Sensabaugh, didn't he? I mean, it was amazing. 68. He was a guy that hadn't done anything all year and, and uh, played really well, and, and uh, Ohio State came out with another win, and it, it, it's it's. I just I can't uh, I can't figure it out. I mean I I thought sure they'd lose that game, but uh, Michigan State shot three out of what three out of seventeen or something for, from three point. And when you do that, it's like throwing the ball out of bounds. Ohio State sixty eight, Michigan State fifty eight, Purdue beat Rutgers seventy sixty five, and then 
Last night, Penn State, the number 10 seed, beat the number 2 seed, Northwestern. Good game in overtime, 67-65. And late last night, Indiana beat Maryland 70-60. So it's Penn State and Indiana today. Let's go to the phones. Alan is with us in Montrose. Good morning, Alan. What's up? Morning, guys. Uh, in the uh, high school, the State Farm Who's the recruits uh, we're looking at, uh, if there's any left in these four teams? Well, there's Cole Serta, who plays at the Bloomington Central Catholic. He has an Illinois offer. He had a 19-point game in the first game. They're playing for a state championship today. Uh, Phoenix Gill was there. Uh, he played two games. He has an offer. He had about 40 points in two games. He had 21 and 19 in those two games, yeah. so that's 40. They lost both of those and finished fourth. Those are the two uh, main guys. Iowa has two uh, commits that plays that play for Moline, and they'll be playing for a state championship uh, later on today. So you like that Harding, huh, Steve? I did. He's a guard that's going to uh, to Iowa. Scored twenty one or twenty three points in that uh, game. Came down and <laughs> and uh, put up the first three or four shots, and I think three of them were three pointers. Made all of them. Do you see How any? About that? Go ahead. How about that kid uh, yesterday that has the long hair? I can't think of his name. Kirk's uh, Rich? Uh, uh, Kaiser. Oh, Kaiser. Kaiser, yeah. He is going to South Alabama. Mm -hmm. Really? Yep. Yeah, he he looked pretty good. I I remember seeing him last year, and uh, he plays for Metamora. He impressed me, I'll say that. Uh but our current team, we need, the reason why I was asking about that, we, we're going to need recruits. Uh, we need a lot of help for next year, and I get the feeling that this program has plateaued. I, I don't think we're going to get any better. This team's not going to even go past uh, the first round of this week, uh, of next week. It seems like the knock on Underwood is he can't get anybody, get a team past first weekend in the NCAA, and it just, I just get the feeling the program's kind of plateaued. I don't know. Well, here's the, thing, here's the thing I can't figure out. Two years ago, in 2021, that team averaged 80 points a game. 80 points right. a game now, Steve. Six of our last seven NCAA games, they have failed to reach 60. In other words, we're scoring in the 50s and and – we just don't. We're just not scoring. I mean, and this team is is shooting. I just there's not one guy on this team that's even coming close to what you call having a hot hand. Not one guy. I mean, uh, Meyer Myers won out of his last fifteen. I mean, Shannon since uh, mid January has been shooting twenty nine percent from three. Uh, Epps, of course, is just getting back. He's fifteen out of his last sixty four. Uh, Hawkins is 18 out of his last 82. 18 of 82. That's 22%. Melendez is shooting 17% on threes since mid-January. You can't, the the, the purpose, of the, the what you're trying to do in the game is put the little inflated ball through an 18-inch rim, and Illinois is the worst at doing that, and that's why they're losing. Well, we're inconsistent with just about everything, Lauren. Uh, defense. Well, and I don't know about shooting. that. I think if you put the oh, ball in the hole, it would make a big difference. We're losing it's close games. Up and down. What? 
Our, our defense is up and down. Mm-hmm. For a while, we look really good on defense, and then all of a sudden, we have somebody go off on us. We never did figure out how to guard Funk. We just don't. We just don't guard him like we need to. Well, that's right. I mean, I can't argue with that. But they've got a lot of good three-point shooters on that Penn State team, and they got three guys. Three guys. Lundy, Funk, and, and, and Winter go into the tournament all over 40% from three. That's really good. Well, that's better than us. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you think? We're in the 20s. Yeah, I know. That's the reason why we're not going to go very far. Well, I, you can say that. And what if you, everybody's capable of getting hot? I mean, I, I agree with you. But I've been waiting I've, all year for this. Well, I've seen Shannon get hot, I've seen Meyer get hot. Uh, I've seen I've seen Melinda shooting practice. <laughs> Does that count for anything? That's, that's like you being the, the best driving range player that's in the history right. of golf. That's right. The <laughs> longest the longest distance is what Steve the hundred yards from the from the practice tee to the first tee, right? <laughs> that's right. And for Melendez, it's it's from the practice, uh, you know, from from practice the day before to the game. Right now, our best shooter is probably Goody. Well, yeah, because you haven't seen him shoot enough to figure it out. Well, yeah, yeah. True, but the, the guy that, that the guy either. that we haven't seen is always the best one. Don't you know that? It's like the backup well, quarterback. <laughs> that's true. I'm not uh, saying that Goody isn't going to be a good shooter, but but we don't. You know, it. He hasn't played enough to be to tell. I mean, he's got a nice release and and he's made some shots, but you know, uh, it's just it's just impossible to know who's going to break out. There, every if you watch the games, there's a guy, a guy named Newton. You remember Newton? He scored 19 against Illinois, didn't he? For the best for Purdue, and mm-hmm. he comes Newman. in there the other day and Newman. And he, Newman, yeah. excuse me, yeah. excuse me, and he he gets zero baskets, zero for the game in the tournament. Well, he scored 15 of those 19 in the first half yeah. against Illinois. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he scored a bunch uh, yesterday. Well, I mean, yeah. Where did they, he come from? They go up and down. I mean, one guy, you see it one day, and then uh, we already mentioned Ohio State goes out there yesterday, and, and they're playing without sense of ball. I thought this is a sure win for Michigan State. Yep. And, they, and it wasn't close at the end. Well, they're going to be good next year. Really good. You don't know that. You don't even know who will be there. Well, <laughs> you, you don't. can say about Since the ball is going to the pros. He's a first sure round. No, I'm not sure of it, but he's a first round draft pick. You tell me any first round draft pick that doesn't go. Well, a, I hear silence. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just thinking uh, what we got potentially and what other teams got potentially. But I do know we're going to need help for next year, one what? way or the other. Whether we don't Shannon have any idea, not, we're going to need help. We don't have any idea who's coming back next year. We well, that's true. And, and you talk about you know wanting some recruits in there to to help out. Yeah, you can get those guys, but I'm not sure they're coming from the high school level to help right away. No, that's just the uh, the place we're in right now. And you talked about you've been waiting for Illinois to get hot. Illinois fans are saying the same thing that North Carolina fans were saying last year. I'm not saying Illinois is going to do what North Carolina did, but they were ten and ten in the conference. Yeah, yeah. And they got hot and went all well, the way to the championship that's right. game. That's right. Hey, Alan, thanks so for the call. That. So you're saying there's hope. I didn't <laughs> well, say there's that. there's always <laughs> hope. I mean, there's, you know, as long as you got a chance. These games are relatively close. I mean, but the ones they've lost, are, you know, they lost a lot of games lopsided early, but 
Some of their later losses have been closer, at least. And they have won 20 games, by the way. Did we notice that? Yeah, was, <laughs> we we did go 15-2 and two at home. Huh? Probably the most dis- uh, inconsistent 20-win team I could ever think of. Yeah, yeah. All right, Alan, thank you. Uh-huh. 9-12 is the time. Let's take another call. Mark in Jacksonville, Florida. Go ahead, Mark. Hey, good morning. He's talking about not being able to shoot from three. If we could make our layups or turn our layups into dunks, we, we'd be, we could make it to the second weekend. We'd have a lot better record if we just made our layups. This team blows countless layups in every game. Well, they, I I think uh, based on what Underwood has said that their their percentage on layups is way over fifty percent, and and uh, or uh, rather their 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 shots inside when they get when they get the ball to the paint, they're shooting over fifty percent, and they're one of the leaders in the country in that regard. But they do miss a lot of layups. So they... I, well, sure. I'm, I'm just telling you what he said. I don't. I yeah. Maybe on the season, I I'd be hard to argue with because I don't know on the season. But I know over the last several games, and they end up being like, you know, seven for twenty on layups. I mean, it's just, there are a lot of missed layups. Is all I know when I watch them. Well, there's, I don't there's, understand why we don't dunk the ball. I think everybody dunks when they can. I mean, you're suggesting uh, that these, these layups are easy. I mean, they're, some of these layups are really hardly they're guarded. We're we're not when we I talk, understand that one, but you at point blank. They're a lot easier in threes. Let's put it that way. Well, I don't know what else to say. I mean, they're trying to make them, and if they can't, they can't. That's we had we had good quality shots against Penn State, and we didn't make them. That's that's a simple answer to the to the problem. Although yeah, I agree I, that the defensively, I, we have never figured out how to guard Pickett. And Pickett, by the way, played about the first portion of the game against Illinois without even uh, he didn't get involved very much. And then all of a sudden, he, he just kind of he took over, he, and he didn't take over in in the game last night until the sec, until the overtime. Yeah, I thought he looked tired in that game last night, and and rightly so. They they're playing uh, day after day. He but, tends to let the other guys yeah, play does. for a while, and then when 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 it gets down to you know cutting time, he kind of takes over or attempts to, and he attempted to take over last night, and he did a fair job. Of, I mean, he did have six points in the overtime, but I. I mean, he also missed some shots. Hey, Mark, thanks for the call. Thank you. Yep, let's go to Steve in Princeton. Good morning, Steve. How you doing? Hey, good morning, guys. I've been watching the, the state tournament, and I've seen several games this year. But Cole Serta is not going to help Illinois. You know, I don't care what the potential is or what, but we got too many of those guys sitting on the bench now, and they can't shoot. And he's the easiest player to take away his shot. If he can't get the three-pointer, and that's the easiest thing to take away. And, uh, you know, I'm disappointed in Illinois. And Jeff Alexander has been recruiting him a lot that they can think that uh, he can help them. Well, he's only a junior for one thing. Yeah, he's a junior, and it's a long – and they've offered – Steve, what's the number, around 40? Yeah, I think so. I mean, they've offered 40 guys. Let's not get excited about an offer to anybody because they've offered so many that – and and many of those have already committed to other schools. And and the other thing that is going to happen, I don't know if there's going to be two thousand people come out in in the uh, 
transfer portal, 2,000 is a big number, but there's going to be way over 1,000, and you're going to have some really good players coming out. Uh, and I, I, I think within the next few weeks, the team will start to take shape for the, for the future as soon as the season's over. As because, teams start to lose, yeah, the players are going to You're going to see a stunning number of players available. And it's, it's just free agency is what it is. It's terrible for the game, I think, but that's what it is. But if you take if you take the portal this year, you take the three away, Shannon, Meyer, and Danger. I mean, Illinois is really uh, at the bottom as far as talent. If you don't get those three portal kids, yeah. If you didn't have if Penn State didn't have Pickett, he played somewhere else. If you didn't funk. have Funk, <laughs> they'd be terrible. And you can go almost every team that way. Not not Purdue, by the way. Purdue's kind of stuck with their high school kids and their kid from Toronto. Can I call him a kid? He's a man. He's a grown man. Steve, thanks for the call. Appreciate it as always. Okay. Have a good day, guys. Yeah, you too. We're going to talk more about the IHSA (laughs) tournament coming up with Matt Daniels. We'll do that up next on Illini Fellow Saturday Sports Talk. Stay with us. The Fellow Window Showroom in Champaign specializes in windows and doors. Illini Pella can help you select the right window and door for your project, whether it's for replacements, remodeling, or new construction. Right now, they ask that you plan further ahead to allow more time to get your windows and doors in stock. Labor and material shortages are causing some extended lead times. Illini Pella, 1001 North Country Fair Drive in Champaign. PellaofChampaign.com. Illini family, this is Brett Bielema. You've got the home of Illinois football. News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM. Welcome back to the show as we head towards 920 on the way to 11 o'clock this morning. 217-356-9397 is the phone number for Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. With Lauren Tate, I'm Steve Kelly. Matt Daniels joins us on the telephone. One of the busiest, if not the busiest guy in the state of Illinois this week. How you doing, Matthew? Well, thanks for the uh, the kind words, Steve. I'll, uh, I'll make sure when I see you to, to slip that 20 that I promised <laughs> to give me that nice introduction there. But no, doing well. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on. Well, good work by uh, you and your staff this week in uh, covering the state tournament. And it's kind of been uh, wall-to-wall coverage and. Uh, it takes a village, doesn't it? Yeah, no, it certainly does. And, uh, you know, main kudos and praise to, to our preps coordinator, Colin Likas, and uh, staff writer, Joey Wright. They've, uh, pretty sure they've literally spent every waking moment uh, the last two days uh, at State Farm Center in, in Champaign, and, and both of them will be up there uh, again today to, to cover all four state championship games that uh, are going on. But, uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's been fun to, to see all the, the top teams in the state and uh, doing our best to kind of shine the, the spotlight on them and doing so in a <clears throat> kind of a different way that, uh, you know, we cause a lot of these teams aren't in our coverage area. Obviously, uh, Tuscola was and, and their great run to the, the Class 1A state tournament, but uh, a lot of these teams and, and the rest of the tournament are, are outside of our coverage area here in, in Champaign-Urbana. But, 
it's still pretty cool to to see what they're they're able to do, and uh, should be another uh, fun-filled day over at State Farm Center. Uh, looking forward to the especially the three A state title game tonight at, at five thirty with uh, Metamora and, and Simeon. I'm pretty sure the entire town of Metamora is, is in Champaign this weekend and uh, put out a great crowd in their uh, semifinal win against East St. Louis. And uh, I imagine they have the same type of turnout tonight uh, against Simeon, and, and the storylines are, are pretty pretty juicy for that one with Simeon's coach Robert Smith going for his seventh state title and in, in his final game coaching the Wolverines. He's set to retire at the end of the season. And then you got Metamora aiming for its first state championship ever. Uh, and they're right in a 31 game win streak into, uh, into tonight's championship game. So I'd say of the four games that are going on today, uh, that one has the most buildup and, and hype leading into it. You mentioned uh, Tuscola. Congratulations to the Warriors. They, do have the third place trophy uh, to topless kind of a uh, fringe area team uh, in central illinois got a third place trophy as well bloomington central catholic is playing for a state title today so there is some kind of central illinois uh, presence at the uh, state farm center and some good players there phoenix gill we talked about him a little bit earlier on the show had 40 points in two games for the young sophomore the son of kendall gill yeah no exactly tuscola Discola's run was uh, kind of unexpected, I'd say, and I think, and I think we did a good job in, in our coverage, kind of detailing that too, with some of the stories we had about the players. I don't really think if you would have asked them at the start of the season that they'd end up third in state and, and playing at State Farm Center. That may, maybe a lot of them would have believed that at all. They and the, the nice thing about Tuscola too is they're going to have a lot of uh, key returnees next year. Uh, you've got. I believe four starters are underclassmen. Jordan Quinn's a junior, uh, Josiah Horton, junior point guard, and then Cam Sweetenham and Parker James are sophomore guards. So I'm sure what the Warriors accomplished this season is going to be even elevated next year uh, going into the 2023-24 season. Teotopolis, too, is is one of those tradition-rich programs in the state. I know they didn't have the state semifinal game they necessarily would have liked in losing to DePaul College Prep 45-17. to uh, I'm sure advocates for the shot clock will be out in, in full force after after watching that game, but uh, the Wooden Shoes ended a, a nice campaign with a, a third-place finish, like you said. And, and Bloomington Central Catholic, too. I mean, if you're an Illinois fan today, uh, or if you're an Illinois fan, you've got a good reason to go out to State Farm Center today to, to see Cole Serta uh, class of 2024 prospect with an Illinois offer. He's a 6'5 shooting guard who, who's got deep range. Uh, had 19 points for Bloomington Central Catholic in, in its state semifinal win on Thursday. And uh, he's going up against the tough DePaul College prep team. But uh, Bloomington Central Catholic's coach, too, has got kind of a local connection. Jason Welch, uh, he's been there 18 seasons, already won a state title back in 2014. Uh, he coached at Villa Grove before taking the reins at, at Bloomington Central Catholic. And uh, like a like a person that knows the area, uh, after his post game press conference on on Thursday, he was asked what BCC was going to do since it's a relatively short drive from Bloomington to Champaign if they're going to go back at all. And he said, No, they're going to stay the night. They're going to go have dinner at the ribeye. So they, uh, <laughs> they know the local local establishments pretty well. But uh, yeah, a lot of Central Illinois ties too, and just get a nice uh, nice blend of teams across the state that are uh, that are here in Champaign this weekend. Well, I'm going to throw something at you. Uh, uh, now that we've got this tournament back in Champaign, we've had a, ca- a couple of years to look at it. Um, what changes would you make in it? Are, are there? Are you satisfied that four divisions is the right number? Are you satisfied that they have consolation games on Friday night? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I'm a I'm a two class proponent through and through. Uh, when the HSA went to four classes back in 2008, I, I thought that was a a bad move on on their part. And uh, but that's kind of the the system that we've been in for 15 plus years, and I don't see that going away anytime soon. Uh, I loved the way the the old format was, uh, where you had two weekends with uh, the, the small schools and the big schools, and you had eight teams make it up here, and uh, you had to win the quarterfinal games to to play on Saturday and um, the third place game situation is something I think the HSA needs to figure out uh, in terms of its future future scheduling moving forward. Uh, I mean, last night's 4A third place game between New Trier and Downinger up north, I believe, started around 9:15 and ended about 10:40 or so last night. Um, and there's hundreds of people inside State Farm Center, just making it kind of a cavernous atmosphere. Um, I, I like the three-day setup where all four classes are together because the problem that the IHSA, IHSA was running into uh, when it was in Peoria was it would run into the start of the NCAA tournament, and that would kind of wane some some interest from some casual fans. Okay, do you want to go out and watch the IHSA games or, or stay in and watch every single NCAA tournament game? So I like the move up in the in the calendar to where it is now, uh, but I think you have to do something with the third-place games and you're losing two marquee nights on, on Thursday night and Friday night where people can get off work or, uh, you know, they, they have other obligations during the day and they have a free uh, option to do anything on Thursday and Friday nights. And maybe they want to go see some state semifinal games at State Farm Center and they'd rather see that than, than consolation games. So I think they're going to have to do something where they where they tweak the schedule uh, at some point now, what that remains, what that will be like, I'm not too sure because I know the ISSA and uh, its administration and the officials there are really, really happy with what's what's going to transpire today with, with four state championship games that will take place. Uh, that the main focus is on that. Uh, so yeah, but I think they definitely need to do some tweaking uh, in in the schedule moving forward just to get kind of those semifinal games and, and kind of a more marquee time slot on on Thursday and Friday. Well, Matthew, we appreciate your time this morning. Uh, good coverage on that, and keep it up. And even though you would have liked to see a different scenario in the Big Ten tournament, maybe the Illini <laughs> helped your workload a little bit <laughs> going into yeah. uh, Sunday's paper. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, we, we still had uh, had uh, five pages of IHSA coverage in, in today's paper after uh, eight page section in, in Friday's paper, and we're planning four more in Sunday's paper, but yeah, with the Illini uh, getting eliminated Thursday night up in Chicago, it just kind of changes everything. And as you guys know, at this time of year, everything, you, you have a plan and then you have a backup plan and you have a backup plan to that too, just kind of depending uh, depending what happens, but uh, we'll still have plenty of Illinois coverage in, in Sunday's News Gazette and the LineHQ.com, especially on Sunday night when the uh, NCAA tournament selection shows are announced for both the, the men and the women, so it should be a, it's an exciting time of year, busy time of year, but uh, we love uh, we love our basketball basketball, both high school and, and Illini, and uh, we'll continue to provide all the coverage in the News Gazette. I'll see you Monday night at the Esquire. Shauna Green will be our guest at the Esquire yes. as they get ready for the NCAA tournament. All right. Sounds good, guys. Have a good rest of the show. You bet. Thanks, Matt. Matt Daniels, the sports editor of the uh, News Gazette. Let's I know you're getting ready to make a break here, but I just want, I got a message from Burson, Derek Burson. He said, Illinois led the Big Ten in two-point field goal percentage at 53.7%, they were last in Big Ten three-point percentage, 29%. So that those are numbers. That's all I can tell you. 929, let's take a call before we take that break. Alan in Urbana has been hanging on. Go ahead, Alan. Hey, good morning. Um, 
Lauren was talking earlier about how we don't know what next year's team is going to be, and I'm sure I'm like a lot of other people. All this changing around players going from team to team is really destroying my interest in college basketball. And I'm wondering, since this is becoming so much of a business, why don't we give these kids a four-year contract and the only way they can get out of it is if the coach leaves, then they, the contract is null and void and they can go wherever they want. Well, they'll take that right to a judge in a courtroom and the judge will say, you can't do that. That's the answer to your question. I mean, you have a contract. They sign a contract. Well, why would they want to sign a contract? Why would they? I'm just saying. I'm saying it's becoming a business, so and they're getting paid, so why don't we start giving them contracts, and that way you know they're going to be there for— Well, now you say they're getting paid, but that's not exactly right because the university's not the one paying them. The university's giving them free uh, education and, and free lodging and all that food, and, and, but the point, my point is that they're making their money. Ba- all that NIL money is coming from— Donors and businesses, okay. and but well, but just remember, whatever whatever decision you come up with, it's got to it's got to get through the courts. And right. as soon as you for, if you try to force some, I, I mean, if you try to force somebody into a four year contract, he, he's just going to find a judge. He'll have an attorney, and they'll go to the judge, and the judge will say you can't do that. If he wants to go to school one year, he can go there one year. He wants to go someplace else. He can go someplace else. That's the way it is now. And I, I guarantee you, if, if if there was some way that the coaches and the NCA could prevent this, they would do it because they hate it as much as you do, and I do. I'm not just saying I just hate it. I, I'm just saying it, it's killing the whole thing because I'm losing interest in it, and I'm sure a lot of people, other people are too. Well, okay, so let's just say you dislike it. I, I won't use the word hate, and I'm I'm with you on that, but. I don't know what they can do. Steve, what can you do? I think you covered it pretty well there. I'd like to see transfers have to stay two years. But yeah, me too. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think so, but uh, I sure would like to see that. Hey, Alan, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. It is 931, a break. We'll talk some more basketball with Sean Harrington after this. Stay with us. Hi, everybody. This is Brian Barnhart. Join me on Monday back in studio with our friend Laura Tate for the Monday Morning Quarterback Show. We'll talk brackets, NCAA tournament for the men and women, Monday, 9 to 11 on Penn. Welcome back to Illini Fellas Saturday Sports Talk. Steve Kelly, Lauren Tate with you until 11 o'clock. We'll find out more about the brackets coming up tomorrow, both on the women's and men's side of the NCAA tournament coming up. Sean Harrington joins us to talk some basketball. Sean, do you have any eligibility left that uh, <laughs> you could come on out and uh, shoot some three-pointers for Brad Underwood's team? We need a shooter. Yeah, I was going to say, as long as there's uh, some penetrating and kicking and some good screens being set, I can knock <laughs> you down. But don't, don't expect me to create any off the dribble right now. Your creation days are gone? <laughs> that's it. That's it. I, I think I've lost quite a few steps, and not that I had the quickest steps <laughs> to begin with, so... Well, let's get your take on uh, the Big Ten tournament thus far. Certainly, uh, Illinois fans would have liked to see uh, something else, but uh, going to take your hat off to Ohio State and Penn State, uh, what they're doing so far. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, obviously, you know, it's the time of year. You, you never know what the team's mindset's going to be going into the games. And some teams are playing desperate. Some teams are playing for that automatic bid, and uh, they have to they have to win. 
you know, three, four, maybe five games in a row just to get in. So those teams are playing with a little bit more sense of urgency than somebody that's maybe already locked into the tournament. Well, how are you feeling about this Illinois team? Uh, they've lost six of the last ten down the stretch, and uh, they uh, did win 20 games, as everybody knows. But uh, now it's kind of a time to maybe reboot, hopefully. And But how are you feeling about them going into the NCAA? Well, I mean, this has been a tough team to figure out really the whole year. And you feel really good about them one game, you feel really good about them one half, and then you don't feel good about them the next half or the next game. And I think that's been the key. Thank you all season is they got to find some consistency and you know that's the fun thing about the NCAA tournament is it just takes one weekend it's 48 hours of getting hot uh, knocking down shots and, and feeling good about yourself and this team has the talent to do it and they've got players that can carry you I think you look at that sometimes too in the NCAA tournament what team can has a player that can carry you well Illinois has got a couple of those so I think you're still excited about it. I think you feel they can make a run, but obviously the inconsistency all year long and from half to half has got you feeling like, well, you can say it's about a lot of teams, but they could lose the first one and they can make a run to an elite eight if they play well for two or three games. Well, uh, do you see them staying with the same basic approach lineup wise? I mean, with starting danger, then they move away from him at some point and then either come back to him or not come back to him. Yeah, I, you know, obviously matchups determine sometimes how you play. Um, I don't think you're going to switch anything up crazy going into the NCAA tournament, so I think they kind of are who they are. Um, you know, obviously a lot of times if a team's smaller, then it's not the greatest matchup out there for Illinois to play Danger with Hawkins at the same time if teams are going smaller. But at the same time, you've got the advantage inside, so you have to dominate inside, and I think that's a case where – Illinois struggled with Penn State, and when you look at how they played against Penn State, Penn State's the better three-point shooting team, and we match them for three-point attempts when we play them. Uh, when you look at the three games, it's almost even how many threes were attempted uh, by the two teams, uh, and Illinois got the advantage inside. So instead of competing with Penn State on the perimeter, that's a game where you got to just pound it inside, get them in foul trouble, score around the basket. Uh, and then take your chances with just a limited number of threes with penetrate and kick threes as opposed to matching a team like Penn State. So play to your strengths, uh, and that and that could be a case in the NCAA tournament at times too, depending on the matchup, that you might be able to get a team that you can pound it inside on. Uh, I mentioned danger, and I, I, I think back to that uh, situation where he made the basket and spun around and and uh, and uh, actually head-butted a, a player for – uh, Penn State, and then I, I heard the official come over, sitting right next to to, uh, uh, to Robbie Hummel, and he told Hummel that even though uh, Danger didn't mean to do it and had no intention, that the fact that he had buttered the guy means it's a technical. Well, that gave him an extra couple of free throws. The next thing you know, a 46-40 uh, lead was quickly turned and reversed. Do you believe in that ty- type of thing where – the, the, a game can swing on a certain player or a situation like that? No question. They're, they're one, one play can change games all the time. And, uh, you know, it's little things. It could be, uh, you know, I think that play did change the game. And it felt like Illinois had had the momentum. They were going inside. They were uh, getting easy baskets, uh, easy buckets around the basket. And it felt like they were ready to take control. And then I think it was a 7-0 run maybe after that. Uh uh, for Penn State to take that lead. And then obviously they just kind of continue to grow that lead from there. 
So it can be a play like that. It can be anything. It can be, you know, things are going well and it's a live ball turnover where the team's struggling to score and then they go get a breakaway layup or breakaway dunk and that gets them going. Or it's, uh, you know, a bad shot on your end after you're running really good offense and you force up a three. So little things in the game can absolutely change the momentum and really swing things. And and in that case, that was a play that definitely swung the momentum back towards Penn State when it felt like Illinois had kind of taken control. Talking to Sean Harrington, where do you stand on the transfer situation the way it is these days and how difficult it is to build continuity and to to build a a stay-together kind of team? Yeah, you know, I'm I'm in the camp of I have no problem with the transfer rule. And I really feel like, these kids should be able to go where they feel like is the best situation for them. You know, we talk about all the time coaches can leave whenever they want. I know everyone says, well, if the coach leaves, then the kid can leave. But, you know, that doesn't seem fair to me when a coach can be, uh, you know, at a school for as long as they want, 20, 30, 40 years. This is their profession. These kids have four years uh, to make an impact. So I have no problem with the transfer rule. Um, you know, I think kids should be able to make the best situation for themselves. Um does it make it hard to grow a team sometimes? It can. Obviously, you know, there are some surprises in some situations where kids leave, and, and I am surprised that they do leave. But, again, that's their choice. It's their decision. Um, but what it also does for you is you can build a team real quickly, too. And where sometimes it used to take a year, two, three years to really build a team, uh, you can maybe get that one or two guys that can really impact the team uh, and really kind of, you know, springboard you uh, into having a really good season. And, you know, Illinois, I think, has some really good freshmen. Uh, I think they've got uh, some really solid players. Melendez has struggled this year. Uh, obviously, he's showed some flashes. Um, Goody, really unfortunate that he got hurt, but I think that sophomore class everybody was excited about coming in this year. So you have freshmen and sophomores that are really good, but you needed uh, Taryn Shannon. You needed – uh, Matthew Meyer, for this team to have a chance to do something special. Without one of those two guys or without both of them, this is a very average team this year building to the future. Uh, so you need to plug in guys here or there that can really can really spark it. So that, that's the way it is. It's not going away. Uh, you have to adjust and adapt to it. But uh, it does make it exciting that year to year you can have an impact player come in and really change your program. Yeah, you mentioned coaches uh, can leave. They can also get fired. I saw Georgia Tech, uh, Georgetown. I think Samson's been fired. Uh, St. John's fired Anderson. I mean, uh, I, there's four, five, six of them already. And, boy, uh, the numbers will sure grow uh, in the next couple of weeks, won't they? No, no question, yeah. And, and, you know, it is a business. Let's call it what it is. We call it collegiate sports, you know, amateur athletics. It, it's a full-time business. And these schools are making a ton of money. And we say, Tom, we're talking millions of dollars with the TV rights uh, and everything that they have going on and the merchandise and, and everything that happens uh, with tickets. So it is a business. Coaches are not getting the amount of time that they used to. You're not getting four, five, six years to build a program. If you don't do it in your first two or three, you're on the hot seat. Um, so they're jumping like crazy. Uh, you know, even coaches that do well maybe for a couple years, they jump to a better situation to stay ahead of the game, so they're not on the hot seat in the next year. So there's a lot more movement than it used to be, and, and obviously that's where I think the transfer, that's caught up to it as well. Uh, you know, that's part of it. Uh, and like I said, it's some guys have made some transfers, and it's done wonders for them, and some guys have made some decisions that it's not so good for them. And uh, 
um, you know, those are life lessons as well. I think, you know, that's, it's, it's good learning situations that every decision you make has a consequence. And it, sometimes it can be a really good one. And sometimes maybe it's not so good. It doesn't work out quite as well. And, you know, that's life, right? We all take different jobs and we all have to make decisions in our lives that uh, impact families. And sometimes it's a great decision for a family. Sometimes we wish maybe we should not have done that and, and pivot and go a different direction. So, uh, these kids are learning that kind of on the fly in college as well, and that's what college is supposed to do is, is prepare you for the real life. And, uh, you know, no question that's that's some of the situations going on with the transfer rule right now. Speaking of coaches, and we'll let you go with this, uh, Bill Self not coaching uh, this weekend of the Big 12 tournament. Have you uh, heard any update about uh, him? I have not yet. No, just kind of what's, what's going on, uh, what we're seeing through the media too, so. Um, you know, hopefully he's doing okay. It sounds optimistic that, um, you know, he'll be back here. Uh, just sounds like taking the tournament off and hopefully good for the NCAA tournament. And, uh, obviously we all, uh, appreciate him and everything. Uh, you know, obviously being a player for him, just love everything he's done for me. And, uh, you know, almost like a father figure when you, when you play for a coach for, uh, three years and then work on his staff. So, um, you know, well, sending out well wishes to him. Hopefully everything's fine there and he's able to uh, bounce back with, with, without any issues. Hey, Sean, thanks. Always good to talk to you. Maybe we'll do it again here before the uh, tournament is completed. Sounds good. And you got enjoy tomorrow. This, uh, this is down to some Illinois fans can be maybe right now. Illinois is in the NCAA tournament and, and there's no better time of the year than Saturday and Sunday leading up to the selection show. So uh, to see your name being called up there is exciting. Enjoy it and have a lot of fun with it because this is what the build-up's all about all season long. Good stuff, Sean. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, have a good one. You bet. You too. That's Sean Harrington, 945, a break. More basketball talk after this. Illini family, this is Brett Bielema. You've got the home of Illinois football. News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM. It is moving up on 948, Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. With Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly with you until 11. A lot of basketball talk, obviously, with the Big Ten Tournament in Chicago. The State High School Championships in Champaign at the State Farm Center going on with championship games, four of them coming up today. Let's continue with college basketball talk. Jess Settles joins us, Big Ten basketball analyst. Talk about that tournament. Good morning, Jess. How are you? I'm great, Steve. Lauren, how you guys doing? I'm, it's great to be on. I'm sorry I had to cancel a few times early in the year. Just flights didn't work out and things, but I always appreciate being on with you guys. It's a fun time of year. Well, it didn't uh, work out too well for um, your Hawkeyes and uh, the uh, the uh, favorite team of the listeners of this show, the uh, Fighting <laughs> Illini, didn't work out so well, but uh, the Big Ten Tournament, interesting uh, nonetheless. Yeah, you know, it's 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 always dreadful when you lose the first game, right? No matter what seating you have, uh, no matter what day you play on, if you if you get beat the first game, it's just a, such a bad feeling for the fans and the administration and obviously the coaches and the players are sick about it, but it's just nice to to get up to Chicago or Indianapolis or wherever they have it and get a little momentum and go out to dinner and date night and all those fun things when you win. And then for it to just end that quickly, it's it's just hard to take. And that being said, you know, maybe it's a blessing in disguise where Illinois and Iowa, who haven't had a ton of success in the big dance advancing, uh, maybe they go home and get some rest and and uh, a week worth of practice and, and get their legs under them and go into the tournament fresh and maybe flying under the radar. 
maybe that's the silver lining. But uh, this, it's been a very unpredictable tournament. A lot of the lower seeds winning. It doesn't surprise you guys. It doesn't surprise any of the fans. Most of the teams in the league this year are identical, and you never know who's going to win it day in and day out. Yeah, I just consider every game 50-50, even though it isn't quite right. that. But, uh, you know, I was really surprised that when they announced that since the ball wasn't going to play for Ohio State, I thought, well, Michigan State will handle that game without any trouble. And they got killed uh, because they couldn't make a three-pointer, and, and Ohio State did. It, uh, are you? Uh, let, let's get around to the, uh, the, the concerns that everybody has about the transfers and the NIL payments and everything. Are, what is your take on this at this point? As a guy that played nine years at Iowa. Oh, easy. It was six, Lauren. It was six. It wasn't nine. It was, uh, you remember, it was Danny Earl at Penn State, Evan Eschmeyer for Northwestern, and myself. Right. We were the original six-year guys, right, because of injuries. Um, you know, for the NIL, the transfer portal, and the extra COVID year to all hit at the same time, it was just a disaster waiting to happen, as everybody knows. It's it's complete chaos. When you you guys talk to coaches privately as much as anybody does, there half of these guys they don't know how to manage anything that's going on. You you don't even know if a guy sitting in your own locker room is talking to some other team mid season or making negotiating a deal through their AAU coach or their inner circle. It's really put a lot of distrust and confusion into the process. And then the fact that you're putting 25-year-old and 26-year-old players who have been to multiple schools against 19-year-old freshmen, now it's just not a level playing field and not what it was intended to be, especially in in the physical sport. You think about an offensive lineman who's that mature going up against a young rookie across the line or wrestling where there's such a huge difference between 19 and 25 as we all know yeah i i don't know what it's coming to is it are our kids going to have to sign two-year deals guaranteed contracts I, I don't know but it's it's uh it's definitely it's put so much pressure on everybody and nobody really knows how to respond to it some guys have been able to luck out and other programs are just in shambles because of it. We had a caller just uh, earlier uh, talked about signing a contract. You know, the players signed a four-year contract. For instance. I mean, that wouldn't hold up in court, would it? I mean, oh, yeah, you can't see, force yeah, them. No. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know all the, all the uh, details of that. But I think it's coming. it's got to be coming to something like that because uh, it's just you have so many teams that are operating behind the scenes and making deals and – and, it, and it's not fair, and, and maybe fairness doesn't matter. But, yeah, I, I think I think the con- contractual stuff is coming, and who who survives it, I don't know. Yeah, to, 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 to attempt to play with, with freshmen and sophomores is really hard now when, when teams are bringing in so many veterans from all the smaller schools. I, I was sitting at for breakfast yesterday morning, and the guy sitting next to me is the, is related to a player that played for Central Michigan this year. He was injured uh, along the way. He averaged 18 points a game, averaged 13 points a frame. He's already in the portal, and he's already has contacts at the university. He, he'd love to come to the University of Illinois. And it's funny. I mean, it's, it's happening all over. Here, I'm just sitting in, in the Palace Grill in, in Chicago, and this guy 
doesn't know me from Adam, and I didn't know him. He's telling me all about this Miller from Central Michigan that's already in the portal. I'm thinking, yeah, I, I'm sure he is, and there's going to be a thousand or two thousand more. I'm just liking. Yeah, you know that's what's what's been interesting. You have with the free marketplace, you you have all these different things happening, and and one of the interesting things that I'm not sure that a lot of people making those decisions were counting on is. Is just the the, the mid majors are in so much trouble right now, right? These, oh, yeah. these mid majors, their their advantage was that they were able to find guys who were two and three star guys who were late bloomers, and if they were able to get uh, guys like that, like Loyola Chicago, like Drake, like Bradley, those, those type of schools, if they were able to find that diamond in the rough, well, then they could have success. Well, now they recruit those guys, they develop them for a couple of years, and then all those kids want to play at Illinois and Iowa, et cetera. And I don't blame them. So it's, it's put so much pressure on them and in one-bid leagues and, and now coaches being fired. It, it's really uh, – it's the Wild West. It'll, it'll eventually get under control, but <laughs> it's, uh, it's crazy what's happening. Well, what are you picking uh, – who are you picking today in the Big Ten? Well – you know, Penn State's got a really interesting team, as, as Illini fans know. They can they can spread you out and really make you pay, especially if they're hitting. Uh, they literally are a live and die by the three team, and uh, I think I believe they hit 18, 17 or eighteen threes against Indiana earlier in the year. So that that that'll be a really interesting matchup. I'm, I'm almost favoring them a little bit, and then it's Ohio State and Purdue on the other side. Correct? Yes. So you've got to imagine that as, as a Matt Painter and the players, you know they're gonna they're gonna play hard against whoever they play against. But if you're a Purdue fan, that's kind of a gift. You're gonna play against a team that has to be losing their legs a little bit. Michigan State didn't show up. Uh, I, I would look for Purdue. Uh, I think everybody would want Purdue and Indiana for the for the drama. But uh, I'm I'm leaning Penn State. But as as all the farmers who listen to your show know, <laughs> I don't gamble. I I gamble enough with my with my grain. This is why I don't gamble on games because it usually happens the opposite of what I think is going to happen. Talking to Jess Settles for another couple of minutes. We won't hold you to this, but outside of Purdue, among the Big Ten teams that will make the NCAA tournament, who who do you think might be equipped for? A good run. I say a good run. Let's get to the second weekend, huh? Right. Right. Look, I, I know all of the players and coaches are, are sick and tired of being in the league right now. I mean, they're just exhausted. They're worn out. The pressure to win in this league is incredible. So I know they're all looking forward to playing against teams that don't match up as well against them, that don't scout them all summer long. They don't have to play against all the time. I, I really – I'm really not sure. I look at a team, I'm talking about Penn State, I look at teams that can really shoot the three-pointer, Penn State, Iowa, um, Purdue, when they collapse on Edie and they get a lot of open looks. I'm, I'm not sure what my bracket's going to look like this year, but I know Big Ten fans are going to be very gun-shy because of what's happened over the last couple of years. Uh, Kofi Coburn and Luca Garza and Trace Jackson Davis and that power and size has not translated to success in the big dance. So and even last year with Keegan Murray, uh, the number four pick in the draft, that smaller lineup Iowa has, I think a lot of people thought they were built to make a deep run um, without just having a big guy in there plugging up the lane. But that didn't happen either. So I, I don't know what, what it's going to look like. Does a team like Rutgers find its offense? They're so good defensively. 
uh, Amori, Cliff Amori is, is a big problem, and I think in the tournament he could have a ton of success. Does Mulcahy find his game? Uh, they're, they're, every, every Big Ten team that makes it is going to be in a real predicament with their seeding outside of Purdue. The, the seedings aren't going to be great. That's and right. You, get, you end up there. You end up there in the seven, eight, nine, ten, and you know how it is, Lord. You're you're playing against one of the top teams of the country yep. in the second game. That's right. It's it's going to be tough, real tough to get that second win if you get the first win. Right. You're going to be right. playing somebody just like yourself in the first game, and then you're going to be playing somebody a lot better in the second game. Maybe I mean, but who can get hot? Illinois hadn't got hot for so long. I don't know if they're even capable of it anymore, but. I know that Iowa can. I know that they can shoot the ball and they can get Murray going. They can get Perkins going. They've, they've got some. They've got some things that. Uh, and yet, I always worry about Iowa's defense. I don't think they play great defense. Yeah, they they uh, they could not stop dribble penetration against Ohio State. And give the Buckeyes credit. They're they're obviously a lot more talented than their record, and they've had some bad luck. But I, I don't know. It, 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 Illinois is an interesting team, right? I I was just I was reading some articles this morning and, and looking at some stats. They're they're going to have to figure out a way to take better three point shots, and I think that's going to be the emphasis over the next four or five days. If they if they play inside out, if they if they love the paint and like the three point shot rather than loving the three point shot and only liking the paint, then it's going to be one and done. But I've got them down for over the last five games, only twenty seven percent from three. Um, they were two for fourteen, I believe, from three against Penn State, and then uh, Matthew is one out of 15 from three over his last two games and only 22% over his last four games. He's got to find his game. I mean, he's a champion. He's got the swagger. I think a lot of it, and you guys know more than I do, it's just a lot of it is shot selection and attacking one-on-one early in the clock rather than swinging it side to side, breaking down a defense. But Coleman Hawkins and those guys go to work. A lot of possessions, they're just playing right into what the defense wants. I hope they can get that figured out over the next three or four days. Jess, we'll let you go here in a minute, but we do have a caller that has a question for you. Eric, calling from Muhammad, Illinois. Go ahead, Eric. Well, not necessarily a question, but uh, somebody called back just a little while ago about uh, about this, you know, NIL and transfer and contracts and stuff. When you scholarship somebody, you know, and then you put them on a meal plan, all that stuff, don't they have to sign something for that? So why not? When they move, they want to go somewhere. They got to get bought out. It's like you got to. If you want to get rid of Underwood, it costs us, you know, half the Illinois state budget to get rid of him. So why not have it so when these guys want to split, that they've got to, that the team that's picking them up's got to pay it out. You know, pay for the scholarship they incurred. You know, because it's a, it's sort of a waste. You know, you put this investment in somebody. And then, and then they, you know, crap out on you. And so uh, what do you think about that one, Lauren? Well, I, I'll ask uh, Jess about that. What did you sign when you when you uh, got your scholarship, Jess? Boy, I, I'm I'm getting old. I'm, I'm starting to forget. I, I believe it was year-to-year, fellas. I, I mm-hmm. think it was a year-to-year deal. And then I, I believe there was something in there that, if you were injured, they would honor it. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't, I don't know. I, I think, I think Eric's right though. You're, you're gonna have, you're gonna have to have more ironclad contracts and situations, which maybe is not a bad thing. But he, he sounded like the coaches I talked to. There's just frustration, and what do we do? And do we even stop? I've had, I've had Power Five coaches tell me that they're probably gonna stop recruiting high school kids. Yeah, well, uh, Underwood said right? that here. He said that he's okay, he, so. he's going to back. He, he's not going to quit entirely, but obviously, but 
He's gonna he's gonna back he's gonna be concentrating on transfers. Well, what it's like if it's good for the goose, it's good for the moose. I mean, you figure you got to have some sort of balance that way. I mean, if coaches can go hop, skip, and jump all the time, and now the players can, well, the coaches it could cost somebody to get rid of them, and it costs somebody to pay, you know, whatever their buyouts are. Well, at the same point in time, I think something along the lines of what I said might be the way to get this thing to settle down a little bit. Well, Eric, we appreciate that. Yeah. The other thing, real All quick, right. is I, I, Eric, Steve, Lauren, I, I, I think that you should get four years, starting your grad from the time you graduate from high school to play college sports. I, the idea that you get six, sometimes seven years, to me, that's something that the organization, the NCAA, can clean up or what. You get four years, and you know, no prep schools no couple years off or whatever, redshirt, you get four years to complete it, and then you're done. I think that would solve a ton of problems, and I think it makes it more fair because, again, every single coach you talk to says, we got to get older. And you, you look at around March Madness here in a, in a week, you're going to see a lot of upsets. People are going to say, I can't believe that happened. And then you're going to look at these lineups, you're going to say, oh, they've got two 25-year-olds that have been in college for six years. So, to me, that's the easiest one to solve to clean it up a little bit. And that's coming from a guy who was there six years, and, and I, don't think it's, I don't think it's right. That's where I would start. Okay, well, Jess, thank you very much. And I'm, I'm sure you've got a lot of people convinced that you were there six years, but I know it was nine. <laughs> hey, I'm a, I played nine years. I've been riding for 57. It's about the same. You know, you get a little older. I, 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 Lauren, look – I don't get to talk too much. I really enjoyed seeing you a couple days ago. Me too. I really love you and appreciate you, and we all do in the Big Ten. You, your reach is much greater than Illinois. You are admired and loved out here by all of us, and you inspired all of our careers. So I don't see you much, buddy, but I appreciate you. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, Jess, thanks very much. Always good to talk to you. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, fellas. You Thank bet. you, Jess. That's Jess Settles, 10.03 WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. That takes care of our number one, plus a couple of minutes. We'll have our number two coming up for you next here on DWS. It's the second hour of Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Here again are your hosts, Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Hour number two. Thanks to our guests in that first hour of the show, Matt Daniels, the news, the sports director of the News Gazette, Sean Harrington and Jess Settles, a couple of former Big Ten basketball players, kicking off hour number two with our friend Will Leach, who is in Chicago as we speak, getting set to go to uh, the United Center. Will, good morning. How are you, sir? Very well, thank you. I'm glad that uh, the team won't be wearing Illinois stuff at the United Center today, but I and my son will. So <laughs> at the very least, I can confirm that uh, uh, give me a couple reps uh, in, in the United Center from Illinois. Today. I was going to ask you, had you heard that Illinois won't be there? <laughs> yeah, so, so basically what happened is for, for Christmas, my son is actually a huge Milwaukee Bucks fan. He loves Giannis. So my Christmas present 
was uh, we were going to go to watch them play the Brooklyn Nets on Thursday night. Once I got the tickets, I realized, oh, my gosh, uh, that the Big Ten tournament's in Chicago this year. Illinois obviously will be playing on Friday, <laughs> so we'll just hop a train down there on Friday morning. And uh, not only did, uh, did Illinois lose on Thursday, uh, Giannis had a load management game. But, <laughs> but we're still having a fun time. We're still having a good time. And so we, we, we did all the Chicago. He'd never been to Chicago before, so we did all the – tours and stuff yesterday and then uh, we're going to go out there with all of our Illini stuff and su- support a team that has uh, uh, certainly been frustrating but uh, uh, but we're still out there uh, supporting them anyway. I don't like those load management games. I'm not a big uh, NBA fan. But, Does that uh, mean he didn't play at all? Yeah. That, that, that means he did not play. That means mm-hmm. he did not play, yes. Yeah. And, it's, and listen, I, I, I understand why players do it. I, I think you saw uh, I think it's a, there's a growing backlash to it. I think you saw Anthony Edwards for the Minnesota Timberwolves, talked about this the other day. He kind of talked, used the old Joe DiMaggio, Joe, Joe, excuse me, Joe DiMaggio idea, the idea that, like, I feel like i got to get out there and play because someone may be seeing me for the first time. I understand load management, but I also wish my son could have seen Giannis when we traveled halfway across the country to see him on Thursday night. So I, I understand that it's an issue for the NBA. Well, the Big Ten tournament uh, kind of is uh, featuring a couple of Cinderella stories in Ohio State playing into uh, the weekend into uh, Saturday, and and Penn State playing well as well. Both of those teams in the semifinals. Have you got a rooting interest now that uh, the Illini are out? I hope you'll forgive me, but uh, I really I, I can squint as hard as I can. I just can't make Ohio State an underdog or a scrappy uh, surprise team in anything. <laughs> I know I know they've been disappointing this year, but that's why they're the underdog. They certainly have they certainly have the talent. Sensabaugh's as good a player as any in the tournament. I think they're just kind of finally figuring out. Probably too late. It reminds me a little bit. I believe it was in '99 that uh, Illinois was a 13 seed and made it all the way to the final game. Uh, by that last game, they were completely out of gas, and so I can see that happening for 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 them. For me, Penn State is probably the the easier underdog to root for. And I said it having watched them uh, uh, devastate the Illini three times this year. But that is the sort of team that when you hear people talk about what they love about college basketball. I kind of think Penn State's a team that sort of represents that. They've got guys that have been together for a long time. They play, they play real hard. They're, they're kind of undersized, under-talented, but they fight through. Uh, and, and more important, they're playing Indiana. So if you're wondering who I'm going to be rooting for, I think the answer is probably going to be, uh, going to be uh, Penn State. And, you know, I, really it's frustrating Illinois isn't here. I think the Penn, this third Penn State loss finally just allowed me to make my peace with this Illinois team. I feel like we spent all year being like, okay, they're built for March. It's coming for March. Uh, they're going to figure it out. We've seen Underwood do that in the past, get teams that are really built up by the end of the year. And it's just, you know, the inconsistency we've seen, it's just, it's just who this team is. And so uh, for me, I've, I've made my peace with it. They're in the tournament. I think you could make an argument that if the years were reversed, like this, let's say this season happened before the Kofi and Io years, we'd be very excited. There was a long time where Illinois wasn't in the tournament at all. I think the frustration that, that fans have with this team is, uh, is somewhat contextual and when it's coming uh, after the last couple of years of frustrating tournament exits. But uh, uh, I, I just kind of, the Penn State loss finally hit my point like, hey, whatever happens, it's fine. This team is not, I, I was at the Texas game. I was at the UCLA game. I was like, this team could be amazing. I no longer think that. I'm just going to now just kind of take it as it comes and try to enjoy it. Are you uh, have any particular comments you want to make about the uh, the, the portal and the, and the NIL and the things that are, we ask every single guest about? <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, listen, it is still new, it is still early, and these things are all going to be kind of, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the major problem to me is not NIL, it's that no one is in charge, <laughs> and that is really the issue. I think, NIL, like, I think sometimes people put stuff on NIL, they'll say, well, this is an NIL fault, these, these kids can go anywhere, or they're, making, uh, they're just doing stuff for money. I would argue NIL is a very reasonable, normal understandable and frankly long overdue thing to happen in, in, in college sports. The problem is there's just no central authority anymore <laughs> that can like put down laws and put and, and like, and keep an eye on these things. The NCAA has basically abdicated itself out of this, uh, out of this conversation. And so it's the wild west and people are just kind of doing whatever they want. I think there's a way to do this that actually continues to benefit the student athletes while still not having the widespread chaos that you're seeing right now. I don't think that I know sometimes people will look at this Illinois team and say, well, they're an NIL team and, and, and that's why they're struggling. No, they're an NIL team and that's why this team made the tournament. <laughs> I, might get, I might get frustrated with this team sometimes and sometimes you'll see Shannon and you'll see Meyer and you want them to do more and you, want, and you know that, that they're kind of NIL transfer guys. But like, let's not you know, twist it here. Illinois is not in, in some play tournament at all if those guys uh, don't carry them this year. So I think, uh, I think some years you're going to have good things coming out of the portal and some things years you're going to have bad years. It just feels like if there were actually, you know, an overarching authority in the world of college sports, or at least someone who had the respect to lay down some sort of basic ground rules, not like something that I think would have to be oppressive to the athletes, but just something that made some sense that we could all agree upon. Until that happens, I think NIL is going to get the bad rap on this. I don't think NIL itself is necessarily a bad thing. There's just no rules guiding it right now. We're talking to Will Leach. Let's talk some baseball. Will writes for MLB.com. Have you been to spring training yet? I haven't been yet. Uh, my kids, the, our kids' spring break. We used to always go to kids' spring break, but now that's actually been pushed back into the season. So we'll be going to see the Marlins the first week of the year. But uh, for me, I, I've sort of been watching closely. It's a weird year for spring training, right? Because the WBC is going on, the World Baseball Classic is happening. I'd say I'm having a really great time with the World Baseball Classic. It is fascinating to see. Uh, my, my, I think well, a lot of people have got behind the Czech Republic team, which has a team of – they're full of firefighters and cops and <laughs> high school teachers. And one of them struck out Otani this morning, which is really incredible. To be fair, he didn't give up four runs in the first inning. But whatever. It was a cool thing to have happen. I think the World Baseball Classic has been a really enjoyable thing. My only potential concern is, frankly, as a Cardinals fan – I think there's reason to be worried about Adam Wainwright. <laughs> and, and I think it's a major concern if you're a Cardinals fan right now. They're kind of counting on him of being, I know it's a great farewell t- tour, but I think you could argue the Cardinals are counting more on Wainwright this year than they were on Pujols or Molina, or at least planned to count on Pujols or Molina than they did last year. And I think that uh, his lack of velocity early on is, I, I think, pretty concerning. So, And that's something you could maybe work on if he was not off of the WBC. He's pitching tonight. He's pitching tonight against Great Britain. I will confess, Great Britain is not a baseball nation that strikes me with a considerable amount of fear. <laughs> it is worth noting that I think Wainwright will look okay tonight. But uh, I, it'll be fun. I like the World Baseball Classic, but uh, it does feel until the World Baseball Classic is over, spring training is just a way for people to try out uh, things in the card. That's what the Cardinals certainly need is to see, see which young players can emerge. But it's still, it's definitely an unusual spring training. There's no question about it. You mentioned you're a Cardinals fan. Let's talk about a couple of those young players. 
Jordan Walker leads all of baseball in the spring training in a half a dozen categories. I know it's a small sample size and it's early, but he's looked good for my money. I'd have him as the opening day left fielder. And then you've got a young shortstop named Mason Wynn, who is looking good too. Yeah, I think Wynn, I, I don't think anything Wynn could do could get him on the roster on opening day. I just think that with the, there's, the infield is very crowded, even when you don't account for DeYoung. And I think they still have stuff they want to see him work on a little bit. But clearly he's announced his presence in a point where it would be shocking not to see him as be, by the end of the year. And I think as someone that has kind of shown – the Cardinals, who frankly are a franchise that has forever, ever since Ozzie Smith <laughs> has had trouble getting a consistent shortstop presence, Wynn can clearly be that guy. I don't think they necessarily need him to be that guy this year, and if they do, it'll be because of a larger injury sort of issue. Walker, on the other hand, I mean, he's really forced the issue in a way that is becoming kind of undeniable. Uh, one of the things I was impressed about Walker, Walker comes very um, – he becomes very ready for baseball. You know, I always, I, I, on my, I do a podcast with Bernie Miklas called Seeing Red uh, every week, and we talked this week about, you hear every time there's a really good hitting prospect for the Cardinals, you always hear, oh, is it going to be the next Pools? They haven't had one since Pools. There hasn't been one since then. But I think one thing that I think people forget about Pools, it wasn't just that Pools was a great hitter when he showed up at spring training. Every single veteran in that clubhouse was like, this guy belongs here. This guy has to be part of this team. I contrast that with the late uh, Oscar Tavares, who was considered probably the next great Cardinals uh, hitting prospect. When he came up, it was clear there were some maturity issues. There's lots of need to work on his game. The key for me about Walker is every single player in that clubhouse is like, this guy's got to be our left fielder. <laughs> this, guy, this guy can do stuff that I cannot do. And I think that is the thing that I think is going to secure Walker, barring an injury, uh, an opening day spot. The real question then is, what do you do with everybody else? It's not just that you have three other outfielders in Newt Barr, Carlson, and O'Neill. You can't really put one at DH because you've got, you've got Yepes there. You've got Burleson there. You potentially have Gorman there. If he's not going to play second base, you've got to fit Donovan somewhere in the field and whoever, whatever his spot takes it. You want to rest Goldschmidt and Arenado at DH. That, to me, is the, the really difficult question. I think they would have been okay if Walker held off a little bit because I think they just need to figure out what they've got in Carlson and O'Neill and some of these guys. But he has forced his way onto the roster in a way I think it's going to uh, put some, some pretty big questions for the Cardinals. Not bad questions. These are rich people problems, as they say. To have the opportunity to figure out a spot for a guy like Walker is a, is a privilege. But it's going to, I think a serious question is going to come up for the Cardinals. But I think Walker, I think Walker will be on the roster on opening day, be in left field uh, in the starting lineup, and will be a Cardinal for a very long time. Well, do you have anything to say about all the rules of speeding up the game? There, there are going to be more hits by left-handed hitters through the right-hand, right-side hole. And uh, uh, it looks to me like I, I don't see any uh, negatives about what's going on so far. What do you see? Yeah, I think it's telling that the players are for it. And I think that was a surprise. I think a lot of people really thought, you know, uh, baseball players in a way are some, a lot like baseball fans. They don't like change. <laughs> they don't like things to be different. I think it's really telling that a lot of players have felt very, very comfortable with this. I think you, Max Scherzer is in favor of this. If you'd have asked me to come up with a player who would hate the pitch clock, Max Scherzer would have been pretty high up on the list. And he loves it. He actually says the game speeds up really fast. It goes very quickly. The pace is right. He thinks it benefits him because it gives him an advantage over the hitters because now the game is at this quick pace. They can't, like, step out, take all this time. And my, if you're a fan, from a fan's perspective, 
I mean, the spring training games have been on average about 26 minutes shorter. The goal of the pace of pay is not necessarily to make the game shorter. If that happens, that's great. But the goal is really to make the games more exciting, give it a better pace to stop. Someone made a video where they pointed out that uh, there was literally, I think, 11 minutes between pitches in a World Series game in 2019, and that was without pitching changes. It's an absurd amount of time. And so, uh, so at a certain level, they, uh, I think they're happy to get that out of the game. And so I think it's going to help. I think the key thing is that players like it. There will be things that need to get switched. Uh, I, the, the, you hear people talk about, well, they're not going to call like a called strike three because the, guy, because the batter's not facing the pitcher in game seven of the World Series. I can't imagine them actually doing that. I, but I also think by then, players will, hitters will be very used to it. Pitchers will be very used to it. I think the first month may have a couple like ugly moments that feel weird. But I think on the whole, I think it's going the right direction. I think people are pretty comfortable with it. Well, Leach, we'll let you go with this. What's the latest on your latest book, The Time Has Come? The Time Has Come comes out May 16th. I will be, uh, I will be in Champaign at some point to come uh, let them yak about it, so be forewarned on that. It comes out May 16th. We just got a very positive review from Publishers Weekly. Uh, so uh, I've been very, very happy about that. Uh, if you were watching Good Morning America this morning, the author Jenny Jackson uh, was on there talking about her book, Pineapple Street. She gave the book a very nice, a very rave review. So, so far, so good. Uh, I, I, the, the only thing I can recommend is if you, uh, if you pre-order The Time Has Come on Amazon or wherever you get your books right now, I can't prove this, but I think something happy is going to come from your day-to-day. I can't guarantee it. I can't even say how I'm going to make it happen. But trust me, something good is going to happen. And, and it won't involve Illinois basketball because they're not here, because they're not playing very annoyingly. But uh, nothing good something good will happen if you pre-order the book. Hey, Will, thanks for making time with us. Enjoy the Big Ten tournament. Of course, my pleasure. Thanks, guys. Thank you, you Will. Will Leach has been with us. And, uh, whoop, I just connected uh, John, I think his name was. Uh, John, uh, call us back. He's been hanging on. He has a question for you. Okay. We'll take a break, and we'll see if he calls back, and uh, we'll do that and be back after this. Hi, everybody. This is Brian Barnhart. Join me on Monday back in studio with our friend Lauren Tate for the Monday Morning Quarterback Show. We'll talk brackets, NCAA tournament for the men and women, Monday, 9 to 11 on Penn. 1024, and I'm Ray Saturday Sports Talk. Tate and Kelly with you until... 11 o'clock this morning. And, John, sorry I disconnected you right before the break. You're on the air. Go ahead. Well, okay. Appreciate it, Steve. Uh, Lauren, I had uh, a little comment. You've harped on this from the start of the year, and I I have myself as Hawkins being outside and not hardly inside at all to score. We would – this team could – be close to undefeated, I think, and this is just a, a wild thought. But if we had Malcolm Hill, and I think we do, but he just doesn't know where the free throw line's at to shoot those uh, step back twos. And well, he, okay, go ahead. He he came he. I heard an interview the other day after the game was over, and he said, "Yeah, I, uh, this is not a quote. This is not verbatim, but." I really like it around that free throw lane. Uh, I probably should have been doing that more. And I said, no, just 30 games more. Uh, I, I cannot I cannot imagine it. But I can see Malcolm Hill every time that is wide open and Kofi's got the ball and he's double teamed. Where's the guy on the free throw line? Just, it just 
kills me. It's just such a waste of talent. And I, I can't understand, uh, first of all, why he's told to do it that way. And secondly, why he doesn't wander off the path and get in there once in a while. Yeah. With I, that, I'll let I'll let you go. Yeah. Go Thanks, ahead. John. Everybody, mm-hmm. uh, everybody works on their three-point shots. Everybody, nobody works on a on a medium-range jumper. And I and to me, Coleman Hawkins has got a good hook shot. He's got a good hook from five six feet. And how could he not be a good jump shooter from the fifteen foot in area? Except that. They don't like that shot. Nobody, no coach wants to coach jump shots anymore because it's only two worth two, and if you step back another five feet, it's worth three. Give me Nick Anderson or guys like that that could hit that all day long. Yeah, Lowell Hamilton, Ephraim Winters could step out there and hit that shot. Yeah, I know it's a shot that that I'll never forget. My one interview in a room with with Adolph Rupp and. He said, our goal is to get the 15-foot jumper. Now, there was no three-point line then, okay? and But I never forgot that because that's a shot that most players could make if they practiced it. But nobody practices a 15-foot jump shot anymore. I had a few interviews with Adolph Rupp early Did in you? my career, yep. yeah. I, when I, I was, was in at school there. With, there. with all the pictures of the cows and the, yeah. and the cattle and, and, and in, in his office. and, and uh, He was a very... Um, Interesting guy in, oh, a lot, yeah. in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, he won, uh, it wasn't an interview, but it was a halftime speech that I'll, I'll Speaking never forget. Of Kentucky. They got beat by Vanderbilt. Whoa, wow, twice. This, I mean, Vanderbilt beat him in the regular season. Now they beat him yesterday. Adolph was talking to his team. They were ahead of Vanderbilt or somebody like that, 54 to 10 at the half or something <laughs> like that. And he's he's looking at the box score, and, and the other team uh, – one guy had eight of those ten points. He said, that guy's killing us. So, somebody guard him. Let's go back to the phones. Mark in Champaign. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah, good morning. Thanks for being on this morning, gentlemen. Um, I've had the feeling for a long time that it's a disadvantage for the Big Ten to play its tournament so close to the NCAA tournament because you've got an exhausted conference winner at the end of the field that's going to turn around and play again in a few days. Right. Um, and um, and I'm thinking that with Illinois' team in particular this year, just given um, all of the kinds of issues we've had and you add into that a few concussions, that maybe it's pretty helpful that we've got this extra time to prep for next weekend, and I'd like your comments on that. Well, I agree. I, I mean, I, they've got a better chance uh, to do it this way than they would if they went all the way to Sunday afternoon, I think. And I... I I just you know I I kind of follow Izzo on this. I mean, while he's disturbed that they played so poorly against Ohio State, he's disturbed they lost. I bet you by tomorrow he's thinking now we got a better chance because he said that in the past. I haven't heard him say it this year, but I've definitely heard him say it in the past where Michigan State teams would go a long way and in the tournament and they were. I don't think they're physically tired as much as just psychologically, mentally tired. I think that's probably what it is. It's hard. It's hard to reach that peak every single game, even as hard as you try. Yeah, I, I think so. But I think the time also um, gives the players a chance to get their legs back. I mean, I think there's a physical aspect to it as well because uh, they play so intensely in the tournament. Mm-hmm. But you have a you have a lot of days. You got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I mean, yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, well, you could play on Wednesday, You could right? play on Wednesday if you're yeah. in the first four. Monday, too. I guess that isn't enough. You know, the more I think about it, that's right. I mean, they don't, they don't have two days. But if you're playing on Sunday in the Big Ten championship game, you're most likely not playing on Wednesday in the but you're first not gonna four get in. home. you're not going to get home till Monday. I mean, it's so late afternoon. Maybe you fly that night. Yeah, you get home and, that okay, night. Okay, then you've got Monday, you got to give them off. Tuesday, you're traveling because you're playing Wednesday. Sure, or Thursday. <laughs> or Thursday, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you're super, if you've got a really strong seed, and you know you're you're probably playing a lot lesser talent in those games. But if you're anywhere down the down down the seeding ranks at all, and you're winning the Big Ten tournament, I I just feel like well, that's a big stretch, and that's that's a that's a tough road. Yeah. Good thought. Thanks, Mark. No, thank you. Appreciate your your work. You guys are the best. Thanks. Ten thirty is the time. We'll take a break and be back with more. After this on Illini Bella Saturday Sports Talk. Illini family, this is Brett Bielema. You've got the home of Illinois football. News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM. Ten thirty-three, Illini Bella Saturday Sports Talk. With Lauren Tate, I'm Steve Kelly. And with you until 11, we welcome into the program David Jones, who covers uh, Penn State. And the Big Ten. Good morning, David. How are you? Hi, Steve. Did you pack enough clothes for the weekend? <laughs> I just packed up what I got because I got an 8.55 flight tonight no matter what. <laughs> oh, really? Even if they win, huh? Yeah. I mean, I don't anticipate a win, but I kind of gamed it this way because the important thing is they made the tournament. And I think they're, it's pretty clear they're in the tournament, and that's that's all anyone really cares about. I mean, I guess in the old days, Bob Knight and people like that used to, to uh, and Tom Izzo still gets worked up about winning the tournament, but I don't think the Big Ten tournament, I don't think that many people care. I mean, it should, it, should, it would be a great thing for Penn State, but I just think it's awfully, awfully tough with their small roster, their limited bench, uh, the the fathoming them winning four straight games in four days is kind of that's outlandish i don't think that's happened we know you've got a limited time and lauren's got a list of questions you're gonna start off for Do we only have 10 minutes yeah what happened? he's a busy guy okay. oh, oh yeah he's only got 10 yeah okay well, here's my question what is that what are the paterno gang what is the writer from uh Pennsylvania. What are the what are the people in Pennsylvania feel about adding two teams from Los Angeles? I thought you were going to talk about basketball. <laughs> well, I'm just. You've only got ten minutes. I want to hear your answer on that one. I can I can only tell you what I think about it, man. That's good. I, mean, I just think I think it's absurd. Okay. It's absurd. I think it's a bridge too far. Mm-hmm. When, when you're not adding contiguous states. Then it's it just gets weird. I thought Texas would be weird when they were talking about that for a while, and I think this is simply a machination, a, a very fabricated money money play, and that's all it is. And you know that's what the business is. That's what Delaney saw in the D.C. and uh, D.M.V. and and New York City markets when he brought in Rutgers in Maryland. But and, and Nebraska has its own different market, which is basically the entire Great Plains. I mean, they 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 go into 
probably, what would you say, eight states, Nebraska fans. They just own all the Great Plains in the old days. Um, and that a lot of that fan base is still there. But this, this just is weird. I mean, it, I guess it's where we're headed, but it doesn't seem right. I, we, You and I grew up in the days when the, the Pac-8 and then the Pac-10 and even the Pac-12 was a certain personality that should not be violated. And this, to me, is very sad. Yeah, now it looks like the Pac, uh, Pac-12, as it was, is is trying to hang on to Arizona and, and Arizona State and the four schools out that way, Colorado. What what do you see happening there? Do you think that they'll wind up in the Big 12? Do you think they'll stay in the Pac-12? Well, Klyakov has a real time on his hands. If, the, if, if ESPN or anybody big wanted to bid the money they want on that contract, the, the deal would be done right now, their new TV contract. They're going to end up with streaming services, and they're going to end up with, who knows, 20, 28, 30 million per school per mm-hmm. year when the Big Ten is going to be making 70. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that equitable? No. Nope. No, and that's why USC and UCLA were persuaded to leave by Fox. I mean, there were, there were the bean counters did the, did the numbers. They presented it to Carol Fault, the USC president. She said, hmm, that looks good to me. And UCLA came along for the ride. And people were acting like Kevin Warren orchestrated this, that, which is baloney. I mean, the TV people orchestrated it because there's money in it. There's a lot of money in it. Um, and I'm afraid we're headed for sort of a northern tier uh, of big, what used to be the Big Ten plus everything out to the Pacific and then a southern tier that might eventually include the SEC uh, with, with I mean, is based in the SEC, but might eventually include everything out to the Arizonas and up through the Carolinas. I don't, I don't know if the, there's a future for the ACC either after their grant of rights becomes permeable. Uh, legally, right now, it goes through 2036. It's a long time. It's a bad contract for the ACC, but they signed this long-term deal with ESPN, and they're not getting a lot of money out of it, and I don't think those schools are happy. I think when it's possible for Clemson and Florida State to jump, they will, and it just isn't possible yet. But I could see the Big Ten picking off Virginia, North Carolina, something like that and then the rest of them are lost uh which is the same the same with uh schools in the pack 12 that just aren't attractive the oregon state the washington state uh, i don't know about utah they'll probably end up in the big 12 the big 12 seems to be a catch-all for everyone who who isn't included in those two the, those big two that's the way i see it yeah that's true uh, what, how do you feel about traveling that far for a ball game, all the way to Los Angeles? I'm not going to be doing it, Lauren. I'm going to be retired. <laughs> well, you're too young to retire. Come on. No, I'm not. Not everybody <laughs> goes to 91, Lauren. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're sort of an outlier. <laughs> well, I'm not traveling to Los Angeles <laughs> for a ball game either, I'll tell you I that. Don't, just... I don't know if you noticed, but you're sort of an outlier in this business. Um <laughs> I, I don't think it's good for any Olympic sports, which I, I think means, you know, I, I believe Kevin Warren, once this got going, wanted to add more schools to give USC and UCLA partners out there. There are Olympic sports or anybody. I mean, these athletes cannot be asked to 
traipsed back and forth from Iowa City and, and Champaign and God help us, Piscataway, uh, for these trips, four and five and six hours, even if you charter. That's, that's ridiculous. Every time they go on the road for a league game, let alone in basketball and football, but these Olympic sports, you're asking them to do that? That just seems absurd to me. And I think the only answer, what I'd like to see, which I don't think will ever happen, is them to fill the gap with Colorado and Utah and um, <laughs> and maybe have some forward-thinking, really forward-thinking and adding some. And if you want to go with big cities, big metro markets, well, what are you talking about? Denver, Salt Lake City, Las Vegas. What if, what if they, they kind of added UNLV on spec the way they did Rutgers? I mean, Rutgers is, everyone looked at Rutgers in the Big Ten. Well, it was added by Delaney on spec that they would generate that market. Now, Las Vegas is not New York Metro. Well, but Rutgers it, is it, huge it, in New York, aren't it? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, no it, it's not. But, I mean, New Yorkers love a big event. So yeah. they will turn out in certain numbers. For instance, when the, the Big Ten tournament in 2018 was in Madison Square Garden, they brought out huge people, huge numbers of people. And they'll get on board if Rutgers does well in something. But I don't think you should limit everything you do to the TV contract if you really want to be forward-thinking. And you can add some metro markets on spec that just give you a, a big sweeping feel of, hey, we own the entire northern tier of the country, west to east, all filled in that that would make sense to me and then those la schools have some travel partners what if what if the big 10 became 20 or 24 schools where you added in washington oregon utah colorado and then added in maybe unlv and and i don't know who in the east uh, carolina virginia then you get you maybe you got 24 schools and they sweep the entire country and you, then you divide them into four divisions of six. That would make sense because people aren't traveling all over the country. Or maybe Illinois would because they'd be in that Rocky Mountain division with Utah and Colorado, but, you know, and Iowa and Nebraska. But look, it kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Think about that. Yeah, I think so. I think that's a, that's a, bigger conferences. What That's the way we're headed. Have you got time yeah. for one more question? One more, and then I gotta go. Okay, I'm I'm gonna ask you about the the, the transfer portal and whether you think this is gonna basketball wise uh, is this is this gonna work to have so many people changing teams every year? I love it. Okay, because it gives players the wherewithal to, you know, you and I have both heard about autocratic coaches. Let's just call them what they are, pricks, <laughs> who have always used. Have, have, have held the scholarship over a kid's head and said, you're going to do it my way or else. And these are a, a lot of kids who a scholarship, a full scholarship to a major university is a dream. They can't betray that. They can't, they couldn't get out of it. And yet they have to listen to people like Bob Knight. You know, that's, that's, that's only the worst case. There are many, many other cases in Olympic sports where people who flew under the radar who just really abused kids. Well, 
sometimes in women's sports. And now there's NIL in the portal, and they don't have to listen to that anymore. That's the underlying story nobody talks about. Everyone talks about how troublesome it is for the coaches. Well, you know what? Screw the coaches. They're making millions a year, and even the Olympic coaches are making six figures. It's, you're, they're just going to have to deal with it. How about that? And, and, the, and the players can have the freedom that everyone else does, everyone else in life does. If you don't like your job and you want to take your, tell your boss, take this job and shove it, you can't. But students can't because they're supposedly were amateurs and not employees, and they signed this binding uh, contract or this binding letter of intent. Baloney! You know, I love I love the transfer portal and I love NIL. Well, Dave, we love you, and particularly because you're so mild mannered and you don't have any opinions. So <laughs> <laughs> that's why you have me on. <laughs> but we'll have you on again. And thanks a lot. Right, Great love. seeing you this week. And we'll... it was good seeing you here in Chicago, man. All right. Bye bye. That's David Jones. He covers Penn State for PennLive.com. 10.45 is the time. An open line the rest of the way. We've got some texts and some other items to catch up on before we're done at 11 o'clock. And we're back after this. Hi, everybody. This is Brian Barnhart. Join me on Monday back in studio with our friend Lauren Tate for the Monday Morning Quarterback Show. We'll talk brackets, NCAA tournament for the men and women. Monday, 9 to 11 on Penn 1047, phone line is open the rest of the way, 217-356-9397. Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk and the folks at the Pella Window Store want to try to help you find the perfect window or door for your home. Whether you're looking for new or replacement windows or doors, the best place to start is with a visit to their showroom at 1001 North Country Fair Drive in Champaign. That's where you can see the products in person. You can uh, check out uh, the wood windows, the the between-the-glass blinds and fiberglass entry doors. Pella is rated number one by Champaign homeowners as the window brand that can improve the value of your home, and everybody wants to do that. The experts there know all about what type of window or door works best for each unique home, and working with the folks at Illini Pella is an easy process, really, and they'll be there to help you along the way from the shopping experience to setting up the installation. Visit the local showroom to get started, 1001 North Country Fair Drive. That's where you'll learn more about the styles, materials, and options available to you. Give them a call, 356-6474. They're open Monday through Friday, 8 to 4, Saturday by appointment. Check them out online at PellaOfChampagne.com. 1048 is the time. A couple of texts to get to. Tevian Jones made it a, a a game-ending, a game-winning shot for Southern Utah last okay. night. Good. Averaging almost 18 points a game. Yep, he's having another good year. He's his those, final year, and this must be his sixth. It has to be, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It's his sixth year. He's one of those shooters you'd like to, to maybe see wearing the orange and the blue, but uh, that didn't work out. And he yeah, was, he and Podzimski had really good years. And, yep. And, uh, of course, we know Corbello's out with a, another uh, – Head knock. Concussion, I guess. And, yep. and uh, Granderson's still playing for Duke, isn't he? Yes, he is. Not playing a lot, but he's playing. Yep. Well, some other notes. Uh, baseball, Illinois baseball lost to Coastal Carolina 16-8. to They gave up 10 runs in the bottom of the uh, seventh inning. Eight of those were unearned. They'll play again today. Dan Hartloop's team is 6-5 and five on the season. The softball team won two games down in uh, Florida, beating South Florida 4 nothing. 
and Florida Gulf Coast, 9-0 in pair shutouts. They are 14-6 and on the season. The NCAA uh, Indoor Track and Field Championships underway in Albuquerque for the women. Olivia Howell is in the minor, or the mile final, which comes up later on tonight. Yesterday was Pro Timing Day at Memorial Stadium. We'll, if we get a chance, we'll talk a little bit about that. But we have a call from, actually a couple of calls. We'll go with uh, Scott first in Champaign. Go ahead, Scott. Hi, guys. Uh, um, Steve, Lauren, who would... Who was the gentleman that just called in? Oh, that, the, he didn't call in. We called him. His name was uh, okay. David Jones. He's a writer out in Pennsylvania. Okay. Uh, well, just I, I heard his opinion about what he thought about the ILS, I, whatever it's called. But NIL. we've heard one, yeah, his extreme about the portal and stuff. He was, to me, that was one of the most extreme examples he could give. I actually believe that the coaches are there for the co- kids' best interest, to tell you the truth. Now, you heard his about the Bobby Knight uh, example, but then you've heard the example about the kids that went down to Alabama and um, wanted millions of dollars from Saban to play football. So you go from one extreme to the other. Now you've got to find a uh, a middle ground uh, for this business but like you said the kids all you're to me all you're doing is teaching them you can have everything you want right now you don't have to work for it you just go wherever you want these kids aren't old enough to understand that as to where my opinion is the coaches have worked all their lives they've done they've played they've gone through those smaller circuits they've worked their way up to being a head coach they've earned what they got now for them just to pack up and leave is not right no but I mean, you've you know you've heard two extremes. What they need is to come up with some kind of middle ground. Yeah. Well, if you if I'd like to hear your opinion on that. Well, we agree true. with that, and I, I think it's way too easy for for um, athletes to just get up and go. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. But the it's answer. too easy for it's too easy for the kids to get up and go. Then. That's what I said. So I, the athletes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, I thought you were talking about the coaches. No. No. Okay. 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 Like I said, I'd like to hear you guys a little bit. I, I'm trying to listen to the radio, and you guys hear more of your opinion. Thank okay. you. Bye. Thanks, Scott. Yeah. I don't know Bye. what the middle ground is, and uh, it'd take uh, somebody above our pay grade probably to come up with that. Let's go to Skip. Well, I, th- I think one thing you can do before I'll just say this. If you transfer once, the second transfer has got to be more difficult. Right. Uh, I mean, I'm not – I wouldn't want to – with. I would, you know, I don't. I, what bothers me is the guys that play three or four different places and they just bounce from one school yeah. to another. They're they're not bouncing from one school; they're bouncing from one team to another. And school is incidental. Well, you look at uh, in in the, the Illinois case, Matthew Meyer. He's only got one year left. This is it. So he's going to have spent six months in Champaign on his way mm-hmm. to wherever he's on going. Way to where he's going. That's yeah. exactly right. Hey, Skip, you're on the air with us. Go ahead. Morning, guys. Hey, first of all, I'd like to say, I always enjoy listening to you guys. First of all, I'd like to say, I get it. Every fan's entitled to their opinion. So I, I get that. Uh, so I guess I'm entitled to mine. But yeah, when I look at the Illinois season, um, I want to take the high road. Frankly, I think they've overall, they've had a good, good season. And the reason I feel this way is I'm not being critical. Um, 
they just don't have, and other people brought this up, they just don't have a true point guard. And I think if they had a true point guard, they would be so much better. Now, the fact that they don't, I'm not making fun of the kids, I think it's amazing to some extent, you know, what they, what they've been able to accomplish. And I think it's exactly why they have games when they look all world and then they have some games when they don't look all world. And I don't want to, and I, I heard you say it today, Lord. I think, again, I think he's had another 20-year game, a 20-year win. And I guess I'd rather take the high road on the situation. Am I disappointed? Well, sure I am. But when I really look at it, statistically, it's pretty darn hard to win if you don't have. And most of the teams we played, wouldn't you agree, Lauren, that, that they've all had better point guards than we are? Again, I'm not being yes. facetious. Yeah, I just yeah. when you don't have one, the other, guy, the other team's going to have a better one. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. And so um, I'm hopeful. And we run into some really good centers, too. Yep, I'm hopefully we could go in and, and, and maybe get lucky and do well in the tournament. But, uh, boy, I tell you what, it, it's it's just difficult today being a coach with all the new rules that they've got. And, and uh, so I'm just going to say I think overall everybody can criticize, do this and that. But to, but to me, given what they had to deal with, with, with the group of people they have, and maybe, maybe the pre- outside press got everybody all fired up thinking that maybe – and maybe the early wins did that. I don't know. But to me, when you look at what we have and what we don't have, to me, I think it's been a successful year. And that's just my opinion. And always enjoy listening to you guys. Thanks, okay, Kim. I got just enough time for a history lesson. I told you, Steve, I was going to do this. Illinois has been in 32 tournaments. In the last half century, there has not been one single tournament in which Illinois has, in my word, upset an opponent. They don't have this tournament is is just overrun with upsets. So there are upsets every year. I mean, St. Peter's beat Purdue last year. There's all kinds of. We've seen Kentucky run into trouble. We've seen everybody get upset. Illinois has has a history. They just can't play in this tournament. Well, that part and, part of that is they're usually yeah, seated pretty high. That's good. It's exactly right. right. They are often seated very high, but they've only won two games in which they were seated lower. And that was the they were a, a five when Cincinnati was a four in two thousand four, and we knew then that we were better than Cincinnati, right. and that wasn't an upset in my mind. And then, then we had the upset, uh, so called upset against uh, UNLV when we were a nine and they were an eight. But all all along the way, we've had seventeen higher seeds that we failed to. I mean, we've been the higher seeds seventeen times. And lost to a uh, to a worse team. Okay, <laughs> that's good stuff. But okay, well, I, I, I hate to I, cut I you a, off. I got a whole lot more. Well, that, we'll save on that we'll, on that subject, but that's okay. We'll get to that uh, Monday morning, maybe. All right. We need to take we'll one final that. break, and we're back after this. All right. Mike Mary and his team. Back for a final minute or so here on the show. Lauren will get more into his update or his upset history well, of Illinois basketball. Illinois has had a history of real problems in this tournament, Steve, and, and you know it as well as I do that uh, they have lost they have lost 17 games in which they were favored, whether it was Austin P or Villanova or Dayton or Georgetown or Chattanooga or Florida or Arizona. Or 
all down the, the old list, and, and more recently, you know, that's the same thing happened. Even last year, uh, the loss to Houston. What were they doing as the worst yeah, they, season? <laughs> they were a little under, a under-seeded, weren't they? Yeah. Or over-seeded. Loyola the year before. That yeah. was no excuse there. We are out of time. Appreciate you listening. Thanks to our guests, Matt Daniels, Sean Harrington, Jess Settles, Will Leach, and David Jones. Thanks for all the phone cars, phone calls. Thanks to Dave Leach. Leak. Boy, I'm glad we're done. On WDWS, <laughs> Champaign-Urbana, this is Steve Kelly. Have a good weekend, everybody.